The Current Thrive Podcast, episode 104, The Business Evolution of Ink and Spindle. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, welcome to the show. Awesome to have you with me. Uh, I'm going to be talking very soon with a lovely Australian maker. But before we do that, how are you? How's your week been? Mine has been wonderful. I had a really nice weekend and I have something very exciting coming up this weekend, which is a two-day art course that I actually bought my mom for Mother's Day. So it's a weekend course on learning to paint with acrylics which will be awesome fun because I've been painting with acrylics with really very little idea of what I'm doing. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to learning some techniques from someone who knows what to do with paint. And my mum's really excited because she is getting back into art. She actually went to art college in the 70s, but put it aside for, you know, real, real life and a proper job back in the day. So now she's kind of in semi-retirement and uh, I think she's looking to pick it back up again, which is fantastic. So I was happy to contribute to encouraging that new, well, not new, but re-emergent hobby in her life. Who knows? Maybe she'll join us at some stage in the next few years. (laughs) That would be quite funny. (laughs) So speaking of uh, creativity, we have wonderful creative Uh, guest on the show today, Caitlin from, who is one half of the collaborative that is Ink and Spindle, who are an Australian screen printing, homewares and fabric creation duo. I've known about them for many years, but I'll explain how in the actual episode. So this, in this episode, Caitlin is going to share with us, you know, how they developed their signature look and style. And she actually came on board later in the game, the, the, business actually originally started with two ladies and one of them left and Caitlin then came on board. So, you know, she's kind of got an interesting perspective of jumping on, bringing her own creativity into this already existing business and working with her partner to, you know, I think take it to new heights and they've tried some new exciting things, which seem to be doing really well. So I'll let her tell you all about that. And I hope you enjoy this interview and you get a few gems of wisdom out of it. Let's get started. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to have you. I'm really excited to bring you on the show because you are one of the people behind a business that I have known about for, gosh, a long, long time now. <laughs> um, I remember seeing Ink and Spindle for the first time at, I think it was the Queensland Quilt Show or Craft and oh, yes. Something that was, Show. That was, must have been eight or nine years oh my, ago. Yeah, my gosh, it would have been. Ago. Yeah, and um, um, I wasn't actually with Lara <laughs> Ink and then, but um, uh, I know about the show. Yeah, and she gave a talk, or one of the original founders gave a talk about pricing, and it's always stuck with me about, you know, wholesale pricing and retail pricing and stuff, and I kind of have sort of kept my eye on Ink and Spindle ever since. So I'm very happy to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Um, so before we dive in, for those who don't know about your business, you've got, you've, you're an Aussie business. Could you just introduce yourself um, and your business partner and the business and tell us a little bit about what you make? 
So it's myself, Caitlin, and my business partner, Lara, and we have a custom printing, screen printing business. Um, We use organic, sustainable fabrics. We hand print in our studio in Kensington and we design everything ourselves. Right. And you guys are in, that's Melbourne, right? Yes, Kensington Mm -hmm. and Melbourne. Cool. I don't know the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's literally just west of the city. Oh, okay. It's right. Very close in. Oh, nice. Cool. I love Mel. I love Melbourne. It, I have to say, um, I try to get there most years just for a, a kind of infusion of creativity and culture because it's mm. there's so much of that happening down there. Yes, there's lots happening here. Yeah, it's a very cool city. Um, I've always said if you could bring Melbourne and put it where Brisbane is, <laughs> it would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm originally from Brisbane. Oh, right. (laughs) Well, there you go. You've moved to the the southern, you've moved to the south. (laughs) Yes, I I travel back up quite often, but yes, I'm very happy in Melbourne now. (laughs) So um, could you, I know that you kind of came into the business later on. Could you tell us um, a little bit of your personal creative backstory as well and how that kind of transition happened? Yeah, Um, so I studied interior design and then did a lot of travelling and mm-hmm. then moved to Melbourne and did a postgrad in landscape architecture. Um, I then had a couple of kids and during that time I decided I didn't really want to work for anyone else. I wanted to be creative and I wanted to do something that could work around my children. So I started my own textile business from home um, called Pippi Joe, mm-hmm. and I met Lara at that because she was also designing from home and being creative in her way. And um, so many years down the track, Lara had set up the studio and I then joined her mm-hmm. in the studio and I love being in a creative studio <laughs> and getting out of the house. Yep. But it is a juggle <laughs> to kind of manage kids growing up and the studio. But mm. Yes, that's how I ended up where I am now. Cool. So you're now in this new new world, new business. Um, yeah. So what is the sort of um, – what is the inspiration – I generally hate asking this question, but I know that, I've, you know, on your website you guys talk about specific inspirations for your work. So what, is, what are those inspirations? Well, I suppose we, we both love Australian native plants and my background in landscape architecture is also in that direction. Mm. So – a lot of our inspiration comes from that. We um, we like to be creative. So, you know, I'll do a bit of painting, might do some lino cuts, some drawing, sketches, photographs, and any of those one things will mm-hmm. then develop into a repeat design for our screen print. Okay. So cool. we don't have a, a set way of doing it and mm. we don't have a timeline that we do it. It just kind of evolves and we kind of create new designs as as they come to us, not not as a seasonal thing. Right. Okay. And I love about your designs that they're very, you know, there is that Australian Australiana kind of element there, which is wonderful. And there's also a very specific sort of color palette that you guys use. Is that deliberate? Yeah. We um we did try to get more colorful a couple of years back, but it um it's just not us. <laughs> <laughs> so we like we like um. I don't know. It's not toned down. We have lots of different colours, but um, it's a very deliberately um, concise palette Mm. that we use and we do think about new colours that we add to it. Every year or so we'll 
we'll come up with some new colours that we add to it, but we might remove some as well just so that mm. it has kind of a nice tight format and they all look good together. Yeah, that, that's one thing I've really noticed. Like all of your products just work so well together. Like almost any of them could go together in, in a mm. homeware setting or, you know, the fabric itself obviously is for sale, isn't it, for um, sewers and stuff like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we sell the base cloth as well, but we've we've sourced our base cloth, the eco-friendly, um, beautiful organic fabrics, and we like to play on those fabrics as much as we can. So a lot of the inks we mix – have a lot of transparency through them so that mm. when they, we print onto the fabric, you can still see the fabric through the colour. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, because like your your work has this sort of dr- almost dreamy quality to it. Mm. And I, that makes sense now that you said that, that how that kind of is there. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, one other question I really wanted to – we've kind of talked a bit about the design process there. So just let's dive into that a little bit more. Do you both – kind of come up with new design and pattern ideas and then sort of bring it together and decide which ones are going to go forward? Um, We both design probably independently because it's kind of a private thing, Mm. I think. I feel more comfortable sitting in my own space in the quiet and designing. (laughs) But we often come together and then discuss what we're working on. So often you might be designing something and then you come to a roadblock and you've got to kind of get past that to get the design to work really well Mm. and so often when I'm at that roadblock I'll bring it to Lara and say what do you think and she'll suggest some things and we'll play around with bits and I might go off again and play around with it again and then we (laughs) seem to once you jump over that then you seem to hit a really good space and you know when the design's right and then you go ahead and make a screen and um, print yeah. yeah and see what it looks like on, on yeah, the fabric yeah and it's a big deal then to kind of introduce a new design mm. you then all the photography that goes with that mm. and maybe a new color so you want it to be just right mm, definitely and what's the I'm, I'm not I've kind of sort of seen it before but I'm not really down with the whole how the whole screen printing thing works so how does that actually physically work because you guys well, do it by hand still right we do we do yeah, yeah it's great um, we have a table. It's about ten and a half or so meters long. Mm-hmm. Um, we roll out the fabric onto the table, so it's a um, we get big rolls of fabric, mm. fifty meters long or so, and we <laughs> we roll it out from one end, and um, and then we have some screens that we um, have exposed. So we design. Mm. So whichever way we design, we might do it from a photograph, a lino cut, a drawing. That will then go through Photoshop and Illustrator and we make up a screen digitally, Mm -hmm. which then gets sent off to become a film and the film then gets exposed onto a silk screen. So then we we take the silk screen and it takes two of us to set it up on the table and we print every second um, slot along the table. So Mm -hmm. there's a gap in between where we print. Yeah. once that dries, we can go back and fill in the in-between spaces. So then we get a full table of um, repeat pattern screen oh, wow. printed. So why do you leave that gap? Why don't you just do them right next to each other the first uh, good time? Good question. <laughs> um, if if we then if we were printing and we consecutively put down the screen right next to the first one, mm-hmm. there is a kind of swing in the pattern, mm-hmm. which kind of so that you don't see a line where the screen goes down, we 
we design it in such a way that the pattern kind of fits into each other like a jigsaw puzzle. Right. Now, if we put the screen back down, it would actually overlap the first oh. bit of ink right. and would lift a part of that off. So you'd actually mm-hmm. see a line where it's lifting off right. a bit of the ink. So we let it dry. It doesn't take too long. Mm-hmm. Um, we let it dry a little bit and then we can come back and fill it in. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I had no mm. idea about that. <laughs> That's a cool process. <laughs> yeah, but obviously it, time consuming. Um, it is. It is. But it's enjoyable and you, you have kind of breaks. So mm. you, you kind of print one bit and then we might go and do some emails, um, <laughs> you know, pack some orders or do, you know, different things around the studio and then you come back and you can fill in. So there's kind of it's not just all day doing the same thing. Yeah. It's, and I like that about working in the studio. There's always different things to do. You're not just sitting down doing the same thing every day. Yeah, it's nice to have that variety. I'm the sort of person who likes that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that it's sustainably sourced. And ha- is that difficult to do, like to find? Or has it become easier over the last, say, decade uh, or so? It's it's difficult. The problem is uh, ideally we'd love to buy it from Australia, mm-hmm. but there is nowhere in Australia that makes um, organic fabric that right. we need. Um, and you so guys all, use cotton. Sorry to interrupt. Is it cotton fabric? Um, we use organic cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a hemp organic cotton blend. Oh, cool. And hemp actually is um, purely organic. The, mm-hmm. There's no need to use pesticides when you grow hemp. Mm-hmm. It's also really strong and um, is antibacterial, so it's a great um, – fiber to use yeah so we use blends of that and we also use 100 percent linen and that's um an eco linen that we source from europe mm-hmm. so it's like have you guys is that sort of something that's sorted out or is it something you have to kind of keep coming back to over time um, we slowly have found our favorite <laughs> fabrics um we're always open to new fabrics mm. but um, the ones we have in our palette at the moment we find work the best in how we use it and the end product use as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're really happy with the selection we have at the moment and it works well in interiors, upholstery. We have different weights yeah. for different end uses. Cool. So with your um, – because you've got the – like you said, you sell the fabric and you also sell the homewares. Do you guys make the actual homewares yourselves or do you outsource that process? Um we used to make them in the studio, mm. um, but we, we're finding that we're kind of stretched yeah. at the moment. So um, there are a couple of people who help us with that, and they're all local in Melbourne, and they'll come and pick up the bits of fabric and take them off and sew them up. And so it's all local; it's all people we know. And That's um, cool. yeah, <laughs> spreading spreading the handmade joy, letting other yeah, helping other people right. out. That's really that's right. it's yeah. cool. And it's always nice, I think, when businesses get, you know, if you get to that point where you do have to grow, it's not like you have to give up um, being a handmade no. business. You know, you can just bring other people on. Yeah, and people who are good at what they do. Yeah. So we can focus on what we are good at and mm-hmm. what we want to focus on and then other people can focus on the other bits and pieces. So, yeah, it's Absolutely. Good. That is cool. So what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you guys have overcome so far in your business or one that comes to mind perhaps? The biggest challenge at the moment is juggling family with, right. with the business. So that's – I suppose that's always going to be a bit of a a juggle. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we kind of a – lo- a lot of our work is online, so we have days where we're 
where we work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, then the studio days, it's it's kind of, yeah, we, we're kind of flexible around school hours and things like that. So I think that's one of our biggest juggles, mm-hmm. which is not business-related really at all. Yeah, I mean, the, the business and life, they're so intertwined and they do ha- you do have to, I think, it's, especially when, like us, we've been in business a long time, like it's about almost 10 years for me, um, mm-hmm. and you realise that there are kind of phases and seasons and sometimes one has more of your attention and sometimes the other one exactly. does. Exactly. It just kind of, yeah. you have to find that, that flow. Yeah, and, and it's tricky to plan six months 12 months Mm. ahead because the family needs change all the time and you don't really know how that's going to change until it happens yeah very very good point now another question for you guys how do you how do you actually sell your stuff like what's the what's the kind of spread of online wholesale etc um so we have an online shop and that sells fabric by the meter and uh, we've got a small homeware section in there too so we do that online. Um, we've also started custom making curtains and blinds. Hmm. So that we have more hands-on approach where we email back and forth and um, discuss exactly how it's going to fit into our clients' homes mm-hmm. and the window measurements and everything. So that's online but, but yeah, through email. Mm-hmm. And then we have quite a big um, – wholesale and interior design um, trade market. So those people have their own wholesale access where they can order online or just email and discuss their needs with us as well because we do custom print all our designs as well. So we have a ready-made shop which has Mm -hmm. our regular range and then if you want to, you know, change it to suit your home, you can go into the custom section of our website and then we um, our clients then choose exactly which base cloth which colors which design and then we print it to order oh wow that's really cool so Mm. they've got the option to kind of mix it up and make it perfect for them as well yeah yeah and it makes it personal you know Mm. know, you're probably the only person in the world that has exactly (laughs) that (laughs) do you go a step further and ever offer like fully custom like patterns from scratch or is that just no. a step too far? <laughs> yeah. we, uh, designing is one of our favourite bits to do but it's just one of those things that there's so much other thing happening, mm. things happening that it's hard often to sit down and design for ourselves. So mm. to um, custom design is just, yeah, we just don't have the capacity for that at the moment. No, and, that may, and I think that's really good. You know, you guys know where your boundaries are, what you mm. can do, what you can't do. And you've, you've got that, I love that you have that custom, you know, stuff set up so that people can really feel like they're getting, you know, one of a kind or, a, you know, specially made yeah, piece exactly. as well. And you can, you can lose yourself for hours in the customised mm. section because you can just choose the pattern and change the colours and change the base cloths. And it's amazing how different something looks just by changing one element of the design so does it have like a this is what it will look like thing on the the website yeah oh wow (laughs) so you can see it as you go oh that's so cool it's fun oh yeah that's I I really love that I love that that's a different element to your business and the fact that you know like you said you guys are doing the the blinds and stuff like that you know still still experimenting with new potential product lines while still maintaining that base you know those base products yeah. Cool. So what would you say has been 
um, the biggest kind of, I call it a fist pump, like, yes, successful moment in the business for you guys or, you know, something really awesome that's come to, that has happened through this business? Oh, I don't know. Um, I suppose going into curtains and blinds has been quite exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, For me personally, my background was interior design, so it kind of came full circle. I was (laughs) right back where I started. And, um, but now we're designing the fabrics as well as making it and then go, you know, going into someone's homes and, making their homes that much more special so yeah that's been really exciting that would be like do you actually go in and like um into the actual homes of the people generally or do you ship um, it off to them we can do both we have mm. um subcontractors who mm. go out and measure up and um do all that kind of stuff so often we're not the ones visiting but we often get photos of the houses and oh, cool. we'll have discussions online about how that would work and what is already in there and yeah so we we are truly involved in in the whole thing developing the curtains the blinds and with the interior of the room i really like because i'm looking on your site now and there's right at the top at the moment as we record this is a photo of one of those blinds and it's just gorgeous Mm. (laughs) i love that you know the the pattern and how it lets lets the light in but obviously the privacy yeah yeah well that one that one is a transparent Mm. blind so it's stiffened and without any um any backing so it's really good for rooms that don't need full privacy but uh oh sorry no don't need full blackout yeah that needs the privacy yeah and kind of glows it's beautiful it is lovely so we've talked um a bit about sort of home life, work-life balance, but mm. let's talk a bit about um, marketing. Oh, actually, no, let's talk a bit about a typical day before we move on to that. So is there such a thing as a typical day or a habitual um, day? <laughs> I kind of have a typical week. Right. So each day is different, but um, we have certain days that are print days that I'm absolutely in the studio and we we print and we send out orders and we do all kind of things like that so those mornings I get up earlier and my husband takes the kids to school so I can kind of get out of the house mm-hmm. quickly and um yeah so those days it's fun I like going into the studio and yeah so we print all day and um um do all that and you know I probably have a longer day in the studios those days mm-hmm. other days I might work from home um might do some designing, do online marketing, emails, you know, all all that other kind of stuff that you can do without being in the studio. Yeah. Um, so those days are different and that kind of balances with the kids. So I'm around doing drop-off, pick-up. I'm at the school. I'm, you know, taking <laughs> after-school activities. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there at swimming, you know, with my phone, answering emails and <laughs> doing that kind of thing. I think a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'm the only one there. No. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds a bit like me too. It's sort of like the different days of the week are, are kind of more dedicated to a certain task. Though, yeah. you, you know, you kind of do all, all of the email marketing stuff every day to a certain extent. Yeah, exactly. But there's that there's that sort of, you know, to and froing from actually making things to doing the, the back-end work on the business as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, it, I mean, to have – everything online is just amazing when you're trying to balance everything else. It means that I can be in the studio and do it or I can be at home and do it or, mm. you know, we can even, you know, go away for the weekend. I can still do it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's good. The modern world is amazing. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's just open. The internet is just opened up so much potential for people like oh, us. It really to has. Yeah, have a business. Imagine doing this. You know. Oh no. How, how would you balance it if you just had to be at work? I don't to do know. It? Well, yeah, and, but there's the concomitant downside, which is that if you don't deliberately switch off, you can't get away from it. That's true. <laughs> struggle with that. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that, definitely. And because there's that, you know, there's always that if you if you're turning it off or whatever, you're like, what if I what if I miss something? <laughs> you know, the yeah, FOMO, yeah. fear of missing out. <laughs> I don't. There, there is that, but I think the beautiful thing of having a partner in the business mm. is that often like there'll be things there and she'll pick up the slack so Mm -hmm. lara's at home with a baby at the moment but she's still kind of online and answering emails and doing measuring and quoting she's doing a lot of the curtains and blinds kind of back-end stuff so speaking with clients and all that where she can do it from home with a baby yeah and that's amazing and it means that if i don't have time (laughs) there'll be emails that are just answered (laughs) (laughs) magically answered It is it is really nice to work with a partner, definitely, yeah. for the, that reason amongst others. <laughs> so, yes, let's get into the marketing stuff. So what would you guys say has been the best marketing move or the thing that's kind of boosted your business the most? Um, probably at the moment because we don't have the capacity to do trade shows and markets at the moment. Yeah. Um, but online, I think Instagram is our favorite kind of um, – marketing tool because it's all about the images that we post and less about the words Mm -hmm. so I think I think that has been you know really good for our business we had Facebook for many years but um, Instagram's seems to be more the direction that we're going in yeah Um, we what other marketing do we do we probably should do more. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the the rule of everyone in business ever, isn't yeah. it? Probably should be doing more. <laughs> but so when you did you do have you done in the past? I should say a lot of trade shows. Like was that a big part of growing your business? Um, it was at the beginning, right? And I think particularly way back at the very beginning, mm. a lot of our designs were um, directed to the quilting and craft market, right? And I think the way we designed back then was much smaller scale kind of and the lighter weight fabric. It kind of was best, well, not best used, but it was a a good style to use for quilting and craft. And as the years have gone on, we seem to, if you look back at the designs, I can see that we've become more confident in our designs and kind of bolder and bigger and um, now and it's kind of morphed into an interior kind of um, textile business mm-hmm. in that way. And um, the fabrics we use, kind of the scale of the designs um, suit um, bigger scale use. We right. still have a lot of people who buy it for craft, but it the original designs wouldn't work so well in this bigger interior market. Right, and yep. Yeah, so that's that evolution of the design yeah. of the business as well. In- yeah, and I think the confidence of our, mm. you know, our own designs because we both kind of started this, you know, just kind of making it up as we went along. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then everyone liked it and it was, you know, it makes it makes you more confident to then design more and to design bigger and to, 
you know, try new things. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, are there kind of designs that you put out there and just you thought were going to do really well but just didn't? And well, vice versa, ones that you thought, eh, and then they, like, took off? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose. But all our designs, it's funny, it's like they all have their day. So right. something might, um, you know, no one's buying it for a while and then all of a sudden something happens or, or – taste changed and everyone wants a certain design <laughs> and it's like wow how did that happen and um and you might just reprint a design in a slightly different color yeah and it just looks so different and then that color might just take off um yeah i don't i don't know it seems to go up and down there are some that are definitely more popular than others mm. but yeah it, they change all the time do you have like a kind of what I'd call maybe a hero piece or like the one design that's always been a top seller or that people have featured more or anything like that? Um, probably, yeah. Um, definitely the silver gum is mm-hmm. a very popular design and that seems to be – that's the one that is in the blind that I think you saw on mm-hmm. our website. Um, that's been very popular in interiors. Um, what else? This is – so many um there's one that i remember from i don't know if you still make it from years ago it was kind of like uh trunks of a tree oh the birch forest yeah yeah that one yes that was (laughs) that must have been one of lara's original designs oh wow um yes so that's got huge longevity we still do print it okay cool um yeah we still have um two different screens of it actually in two different (laughs) scales so, yeah, that's one of those ones that just keeps going and going and going. That's that's cool. It's nice to know that sort of those stalwart designs that just stand up to the test of time yeah, and are exactly. still as relevant today as they were when they were first made. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things that we design for. We want our designs to have longevity because especially in an interior, you want to love it for many, many years. You yeah. don't want it to suddenly next season you go, nah. <laughs> need to change that. Um, yeah we want people to love it forever yeah oh that's cool and I think I, you know you get that feel from your work it seems very timeless mm. um, which I think is lovely I, I work that way myself I'm all about the timeless designs something that I'm not really not really into trends and there's nothing wrong no. with being into trends but it's just not my personal preference in my own life so it's not something that came through into my into yeah. my work and I think we're the same as, as you there mm. Yeah, it's nice to it's nice to design something and think that it's going to be around for a long time, and it's sort of that antithesis of the whole fast fashion thing that's, exactly. that's happening in the world. Yeah, and and to be sustainable, it's not just how we source our fabrics; it's how the fabric ends up and how long it's going to be in your home, and how you know how it's going to um, how long it's going to um, perform well in mm, your home. Definitely. And hopefully that's a very, very long time. <laughs> awesome. Now, before we wrap up, do you have – is there something that comes to mind over your years in business as one piece of advice you'd like to give fellow makers about running a successful creative business? Um, I think it's just love what you do. <laughs> um, there's always going to be times that the the business isn't doing what you want or – you know, there's times that you're doing too much of something that you don't want to do, like all the uh, the finances and the, <laughs> you know bookkeeping and stuff like that. But if if you if you love the main part of it, the design and the fabrics, and we love our own products, and you know, I don't think you can go wrong. 
Awesome. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the show today and chatting about your lovely business. Where can people find out more about Ink and Spindle? Um, Well, we have a website that is inkandspindle.com and we're also on Instagram, which is Ink and Spindle again, I-N-K-A-N-D-S-P-I-N-D-L-E underscore. Oh, with an underscore at the end. Excellent. (laughs) And I highly recommend everybody that you go check it out because they do make beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, I'd certainly, when I was on your website, I was like, hmm, what can I, what can I have? <laughs> it's bad because I just, we just bought a house last year and kind of finished furnishing it and like, oh. Oh, what? I should have. We can help. I that. know. There's some, I could use some more pillows. So, <laughs> so I'd be eyeing off your floor pillows. So that, oh, that might happen. beautiful. For my, my second lounge slash yoga room slash guest room slash everything other room. So, yes. <laughs> Thanks thanks again for coming on the show and chatting with me today. (laughs) Thanks again to Caitlin for coming on the show today and talking about her wonderful business, Ink and Spindle. Do go check out their work. It's absolutely lovely. So what are you doing this year to connect with other makers and get out there and learn more? If you're interested in conferences, I highly recommend one that I'm going to in a couple of weeks time here in Australia. It's called the Artful Business Conference. And I have been attending every year that I could uh, since it started. And I've actually spoken there a few times. And it's just a wonderful, there's nothing else like it really in Australia. It's an opportunity for creative makers and business owners to get together for two days and really connect and learn and be inspired. I always come away super energized and full of new ideas for my own business. So if you want to check it out, uh, this I, I think there's still some tickets available for the actual live event, which is in Brisbane. But even if you can't make it live, there's a virtual version of the conference where you can actually attend via live stream the conference live and communicate um, with other virtual attendees and stuff. And they read out, will read out your questions at the actual conference. It's really cool and interactive. So check it out. Um, head over to the Create and Thrive Facebook page. There'll be a link there. But if not, just Google Artful Business Conference and I'm sure it will come up. So I highly recommend it. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. And if you know of any really cool conferences, you know, opportunities for makers to actually get together in the real world, I'd love to hear about them. So let me know. Um, send me a tweet at Jess Van Den or leave a comment on uh, the Facebook page or even on the show notes of this episode. So this is episode 104. Leave a comment below and let me know about a cool conference in your area for creatives. And uh, I'm always looking out for new conferences and, you know, new excuses to travel, really, to new places. <laughs> So I'd love to hear about it. Okay, Thrivers, I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll be back again next week with another episode. So goodbye for now.